welcome to the Clear Tai Chi Mastermind Meeting for Friday, July 8th of 2022. Today's topic is we're going to interview Jim Kelly and have some fun with that. Hopefully, I think we will. And um, with us today is me, Richard Clear, your resident host, and Matt Hulker, the regional organizer for Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Jared Blake-Smith in Cleveland, Ohio. Hello, hello. Art Don in the Washington, D.C. area. Hi, I'm in Greenbelt, Maryland. That is 12 miles east of Washington, D.C. Well, Harry Legg in Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City. All right. Yeah. Without the twang for New York City, though, it's New York. Come on. How you doing? Uh, uh, New Jersey Tai Chi's the school. Yep. We're in Verona, about 15 miles from the city. Uh, also have Paul Shansky, who's in Fairlawn, New Jersey. That's about a half hour from me. Thank you. Great to be here. Mark Mashad in Michigan. He's going to tell you what Mark's. <laughs> Hi, I'm in the Midwest of Michigan area covering Grand Rapids and Lansing. Welcome. Philip Chan in Columbus, Georgia. Hello. Welcome. Sheila Bell in Costa Rica. She's going to tell you the Guanacaste and what parts. Hey, everybody. Yeah, it's uh, Costa Rica, which is between Nicaragua and Panama here in Central America. I'm in the North uh, Pacific. Uh, province of Guanacaste, and my classes are in Liberia and Flaisalcoco. Welcome. Jim Kelly in Boca Raton, Florida. Yeah, we're about halfway between Fort Lauderdale International and West Palm Beach. So nice little spot on the East Coast here. Welcome. Ty Talbert in San Antonio, Texas. Hey, y'all. I am only teaching classes privately now. The name of the school is Warrior Tai Chi. I'm hoping to have classes for vets by the beginning of next month in Converse. In, in, in where? Converse. It's about 12 miles out of San Antonio. Cool. Okay. Welcome. Um, the, uh, I did, forgot to put something here to promote for y'all today. Um, well, and if I were you, I would check out TaiChiGathering.com because we are uh, getting getting geared up for 2023, and it's going to be even bigger and better than 2022, which was amazing. Um, and so check out what we've got in store for you uh, coming up in 2023 at the Tai Chi Gathering um, here uh, at the International Clear Tai Chi Family Gathering, which you can find more out uh, at TaiChiGathering.com. And, uh, and uh, among the things you will find there are the presentations that uh, the people have already chosen that they've got in store for you for next year um, from at least some of our presenters that we know are going to be there, many of the people on this call, um, including uh, our own Jim Kelly, who we are going to be putting under the microscope here momentarily. Um, but, uh, but yeah, go to, go to TaiChiGathering.com and check out what we've got, uh, what we've got there for you. And, uh, and, and if you can, um, think about coming, um, try to, try to put it on your calendar and make uh, appropriate arrangements right away because, uh, it's going to be a blast. Um, First week, full weekend in June. Yep. 
And if you're a teacher, make sure to let us know so that you can make arrangements to come to the teachings, to the instructor sessions and that kind of thing that are before the gathering. So, good. Um, by the way, when we're interviewing Jim today, it may come across as a bit of a roast. It's not intended to be that way. Just sometimes. Jim just lends himself to that. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim, uh, your name is Jim Kelly. And what's your school name? School name is uh, West Boca Tai Chi is what we go on. We have a Facebook page. Please look us up. Uh, the, uh, the company name is Ancient Arts LLC. Cool. So tell us your school's situation, including any satellite classes you've got and, and student, uh, students and how many different classes and where and all that stuff. All right. We, uh, we just, uh, after the pandemic there, we, we had just renovated a new, new school and got into a new, uh, a new physical location. It's at 11435 West Palmetto Park Road in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, so we got it now the way we want it. And it's, it's a, it's a nice physical storefront location in a, you know, in a strip mall down here. Uh, we have about uh, 20 full-time students and Florida is a very interesting place. There's always people visiting, people coming, staying for a little while, people, you know, moving to California or New York, coming back. <laughs> So it's uh, a lot of snowbirds, a lot of uh, a lot of people moving, you know, here and there. Snowbirds uh, are the people who come down for three to six months and then go back to somewhere up north. For right. To to a, months during but, the um, heat wave that's called summer in Florida. Yeah. Not a winter. They get they come down and get away from the snow. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people from the snow states. So hopefully uh, We'll get Mark and Harry down here one of these days, uh, get them out of the great white north. <laughs> but uh, you may notice the Brooklyn accent or the New York accent that Harry referred to. So I am a, a, a transplanted uh, Brooklynite. So <laughs> that's where that comes from. But like, like everybody else from, from somewhere else in, in Florida here. Um, but we've been... I've been down here since 98, 99, and we've, you know, had, I've been teaching since about 2002, I believe. So been been a bunch of years and it's, it's a, it's a nice quiet place, Boca Raton, made famous by a Jerry Seinfeld show. <laughs> but, really the other one that made Boca Raton famous? No, it's just everybody, I guess, catches it from that uh, that sitcom. Most of the time, you say you're from Boca Raton, and they go into that whole skit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you've got how many assistant instructors do you have? Um, well, we're very blessed, and it's interesting. Um, I get a lot of, uh, like, a lot of practitioners from other styles. We have a, a lot of black belts from the karate, uh, judo, jujitsu. So the school is very interesting. Uh, there's, you know, any number of people that can step up and, and take the reins if, you know, if I have a, something I'm trying to demonstrate or doing something on the side. But 
Generally speaking, um, we have uh, Elaine Hom, who's been to a bunch of the workshops. Some of you guys may know her from there. Um, she does some satellite teaching out at uh, local Ys and some of the communities. And um, like I said, because of this being such a, a fluent, uh, fluid uh, place, I, I teach classes at uh, some of the country clubs or some of the health centers. We've We've done work with a couple of wellness centers and you know, we'll have classes for a while and then you know, move on to another group. So that's, it lends to, it, it broadens you as an instructor a bit because of the you know, catering to different people and, and different health levels and you know, different, a lot of people have you know, different needs and things that they want out of the Tai Chi. So it's 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 been very interesting. Cool. How many years have you been studying Tai Chi? Um, I started for uh, I I was injured back in the nineties. I was a um, I was a detective sergeant up in NYPD, and I I had been very active for a lot of years, and so injuries finally caught up to me uh, in the in the late nineties. And, uh, I started Tai Chi down here in 1998 as when I was coming down, uh, I would spend a couple of weeks at a time down here and, and then, um, I guess, uh, in 2002, uh, you know, I started teaching. So, what happened? What happened? Was there any major thing that happened for your back and neck or was it just more accumulation over time? You know, I, I had, uh, I had had the, uh, the knee surgeries, the, uh, I was scoped, uh, one knee was injured. I was carrying somebody out in a fire and, uh, I, I missed, the uh, the firemen who were coming up the other way and they had the hoses and wet down the marble steps in a, an old high rise. So, so yeah, I, I missed about five or six steps and landed on a landing with the woman over my shoulder and that, that popped out my left knee. And then I was in an accident, a car, car crash going home one day. And that got my right knee hit the shifter on a four wheel drive truck. So I guess the knees led to the back, you know, you start yep. to have problems from leaning and favoring. And then yep. um, the yep. official diagnosis was degenerative disc disease. I guess when you get more than three or four herniated discs, they say, yep, you got degenerative. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was at, that was in my thirties. I think I was about 32, 33 when I was diagnosed with that. So so I, I actually, it worked out. I was lucky. I got into Tai Chi, which is generally something most martial artists don't get into until later in life. Yeah. So, um, so I, and then they do it because they feel like, well, I can't do that good stuff anymore. I got to do the Tai Chi now. I'm old. <laughs> like, don't well, I got to, you know, I, I have to say, though, you know, just with the Lee Tai Chi training and, uh, you know, it did heal my back up. Uh, within three years, I was able 
to to start mat work again and um, uh, to jump the you know the, the timeline but I, I wound up uh, coaching uh, a bunch of high school kids for mixed martial arts and I was on the mats with them and so I was able to do that again within three years yeah cool Yep, and that you said that you started doing that about two thousand and two, so about three years after the um, after you started studying Tai Chi, and then um, and then I've got here that you met um, Harry Leg in Dumont, New Jersey, about seven years ago. Seven yeah, years. yeah, I, I was actually in. What did he do? Oh, <laughs> was that? <laughs> hey now, <laughs> hanging out naked in a tree. No, <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> there it is. It made yeah, it. It had to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was. Uh, I was actually. Uh, my my wife is from Dumont, New Jersey. So I was out walking one day. You know, I got up in the morning and saw a, uh, a studio, and they had a, a sign about the Tai Chi push hands. So I I stopped back. Both my wife and I. Uh, came in and we met Harry and pushed hands and and uh, that's changed my Tai Chi uh, <laughs> substantially. <laughs> but yeah, so so that was uh, again, you know, it was probably in that in that you know about seven eight years ago now. But it was a good a good change. Yep. And then I met you the next year after that? Yes. Yeah. And um, Harry had, of course, to, you know, uh, offered to introduce me to you. And I think the, the next thing that came up was the, the Tai Chi Gala that they used to have in the Poconos. It was a, it was a big, uh, big gathering of people in the Tai Chi community. And I had flown up uh, just, you know, to go visit you and that. And um, I guess sitting on a plane for three hours and then getting in a rental car and driving for another three or four hours from, you know, from New Jersey and then up to the Poconos. And um, I had gotten there and you were doing classes. I think it was on capturing root or capturing somebody's feet. I remember that it was internal non-seizing. Seizing. Yeah, he needed a kind of a big guy to demonstrate on, and you just happened to be handy that year. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I was, you know, I volunteered because I, I have to admit, I coming from background with a lot of external arts, I, I wasn't a hundred percent sold on, on the internal aspects, and you know, I saw it as a as a good way to uh, some of the stuff you see on the internet looks rather staged or, or can Some look good. <laughs> Depending on who and what we're talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, so I jumped at the opportunity to, to come down to the, uh, to the mats and, and have Sifu work on me and uh, demonstrate on me. But the, the only thing was, I think I was standing uh, with the left leg back, I guess, and you went for the back foot. 
and it got down to my left knee and it just, I, I was driven right to the ground. I, <laughs> I it felt like, you know, it just the knee just collapsed and, uh, you know, I went down. Um, so, so after that, he said, is there something wrong with your left knee? <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, said, well, maybe we shouldn't do this demo uh, with you and told me to head back to the stands and come see him again after class, after the workshop for the demonstration. And I went back up and, and we were having a conversation. I know Matt was there and it was like a three or four way to a couple of other people. And, and he kept on reaching out and, and touching my, my, uh, <laughs> my shoulder and said, how does that feel? How does that feel? And I was like, well, I, I'm not sure what I'm feeling for. And he, uh, he said, you know, we'll try to do a deep knee bend. And I said, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> he said, no, 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 try. <laughs> so sure enough, I, I was able to do, uh, you know, do the deep knee bend. And uh, the leg felt great. And, and it's been, you know, I've been, you know, battling. They, I guess they say with a lot of those surgeries, they're not like, indefinite cures you know you you're supposed yeah. to go back and supposed to have things worked on time and time again and they i have, they have kids to put through like master's degree level college you know yeah yeah well i know i know my guy had boat payments, <laughs> boat payments. Boat payments. Yeah. he spoke about his boat very uh, fondly <laughs> um in which case come in you need more knee work yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had the whole, like, I, I guess it was the, uh, the hockey teams and, uh, you know, the basketball teams up in New York. He was very sought after. But, but anyway, so it's, you know, I, I have typical, you know, aches and pains, I guess, associated with creeping up on 60, you know, <laughs> so 60 years old. But, uh, but Ty tells me it gets much better as we get older. I don't know. <laughs> Probably you meant more interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us about your background, like 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 some depth on how you got started in the martial arts and um, kind of how the the journey that you went on there. All right. Yeah. I I was you know not. The typical person that's in Tai Chi, I guess I I had started off uh, as a, as a kid. I, I grew up in Brooklyn, and you know, it was a very you know things happened, and and uh, people challenged you here and there, and you know, subway money was uh, <laughs> was a commodity, you know. So um, as as a teenager, I. Uh, I had to commute on the trains at night and uh, I worked, I started working at a young age and went to high school at, uh, at a school where, you know, you had to travel a bit. So at, I guess it was in my, you know, 13 years old, 14 years old in there, I, I got started in Shotokan karate, which was, you know, an excellent art for me. I have a big frame. I have long legs. Um, so I was able to, uh, to work well with that. And uh, the instructor was real good. And a lot of the 
the guys I was with, we were part of a demo team and we'd go around and do demonstrations and, um, in the, you know, inner school tournaments, I was never a big, um, international fighter type of person. Mine was more of the you know, basic necessity to, to just get by on the streets. Um, so from, you know, from that, that, that served me great. And then I went into college and I joined a, uh, a judo, I guess it was judo club in college. And I trained with uh, a fellow by the name of John Bassano, who I guess was in for the Olympics the year they were canceled in the 80s. And, um, and then his son trained with us and he went on to, to represent in the Olympics after that. So it was a very good uh, training environment though. Uh, at around the same time I had gone through um, a, uh, an officer's uh, training for the, uh, for the army and I go in the army for any period of time or no, no, I, uh, my, I had some personal things. My, my father had passed away at that stage and I had a younger brother who started to get in a little bit of trouble with the, with the law. So when, it, when I called up from Fort Knox, Kentucky and said, Hey, they're offering me this real great, <laughs> you know, real great, great thing here. Uh, my mom was like, uh, no, I need you home. <laughs> you can't go to Germany and Hawaii. <laughs> so, but uh, it, it, everything works out for a reason now. So, but the judo training was good. And, uh, and then the, uh, the basic training in the army, you know, was great. I was all V'd out and in great shape when I got out of that. And then I, I rolled over into the police academy after that for NYPD. Uh, when I hit 20. Um, so I did there. I think uh, back then they were just starting to, you know, rein guys in a little bit. You know, you're allowed to, to box and you're allowed to, you know, they encourage you to bloody each other up a little bit. But now that's politically incorrect. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. <laughs> so, um, but um, and then after, after that, I got into a little bit of, uh, my first assignment was down the Lower East Side and I started with some jujitsu down there and, you know, started seeing more and more of the, uh, the treat, the street fighting and the, you know, the, 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 the pure martial part of the, the different arts and where they came into, good use and what, what arts were a little bit sticky in different situations. So that started to develop a little bit. And, and then I think after that, I, I started with the Tang Soo Do. I found a dojo that, that was close to my home, uh, up in Orange County, New York, when I moved up that way. So, yeah, quite a, quite a few of the, the different arts I've, I've had the opportunity to work with some great, you know, great masters, great instructors and, uh, picked up what I could here and there. Um, and then when I, I had gotten promoted and to Sergeant in 
I was an undercover in the late 80s and again saw a lot of stuff on the street and having to walk around in, in plain clothes and seedy areas, you know, you tend to want to want to try to get in, get out <laughs> safely and quickly. <laughs> so, um, and then when I got promoted, I started uh, weightlifting and I got a little bit into that in the late or early 90s. So I think that's about it. But uh, with the with the martial background. Um, so you got to apply it a lot more than most people do in different kind of street stuff. So. Yes. Yeah. And and the interesting thing about police work is it's it, it's it's fighting, but there is a lot of control that you have to exercise. There's always, as soon as the other guy stops, you know, the, the cuffs are on or they're in control, you know, the, the, the violence ends. And that's a very, uh, it's a very interesting aspect. You know, they, they teach a lot of these things for street fighting. Well, you just keep on going and keep on going until they're dead <laughs> or, you know, until they're disabled. And it's, that's not, the part of the martial arts that that I saw, there was always, you know, trade shots and, all right, you give up yet, <laughs> or, or are you subdued yet? <laughs> you know, yeah. are you tired of this, or are we going to keep on going? Um, so, uh, and that's a lot different than some of the other backgrounds. It's, as I'm sure Ty will from the military training, you just go until the other person can't move or. Is no longer a threat. Um, and that's the thing I, I loved about the Tai Chi, too, because uh, I, I find that much more conducive to the, you know, the police work and, and the, the um, where, where everything is right now in the cosmos with uh, everybody filming things and everybody passing judgment and, you know, you... I remember being an undercover in New York City and we were in riots and I was placed on the inside of the riot with the agitators to identify them. And, and during the, during the, the, the affray, they, they had picked up a, uh, a community police officer who tried to go in and talk to them. And they started doing that thing where they, they hand you around like a mosh pit. <laughs> yeah. And he was a he was a nice guy, but he was a smaller fella and smaller frame. And I remember him being passed by me and I, I grabbed him, took him down, and I made a run for the uh, you know, the front line of the guys with the riot shields and the helmets. And and I got right up front and I went to pass him off and another agitator tried to grab him from me and get him back into the crowd. And I had grabbed the guy and I went into a judo throw and you now the, the name, I guess, escapes me, but Soto got anywhere. I guess their the legs are straight up in the air. Uh, and just a, <laughs> head, yeah. Head, head pile or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Pile drive him right down into the ground. And, and, uh, the next day I got a call from the state attorney's office and they said, 
Yeah, I was a, a, an assistant attorney that I worked with and I had actually gone to high school with. And she called me up and she said, hey, you got to come down here. I said, you know, I'm kind of busy right now. I don't know if you've seen the news, <laughs> but she said, uh, no, no, come down. You know, I need to show you something. And somebody had taken a, uh, a video is when they first started to take videos and they didn't show anything before what they had done or what, yeah. you know, what, what was happening. And, and the one thing in the video was me, they slowed it down. So you can see my, you know, facial expressions as the fellow was coming down. Exaggerated, then, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then out of, I used to wear my uh, police shield on, on a gold chain and it just slid out from under my, I had a motorcycle jacket <laughs> and it, you just saw the edge of my police shield. And she said, I know this isn't like you. Uh, you want to explain what happened? <laughs> and I, I explained it to her and she said, okay, it was, you know, justifiable force, you know, to protect the guy. And, uh, but, but that was, you know, back then. Now, if you, if you do anything, it's like you're, <laughs> you're all over the social media. And the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does happen. So, yeah, that was my, uh, you know, my martial experience. But uh, now the, the journey has been, you know, very interesting, though. And it's, like I said, coming now into the Tai Chi, I was a, uh, I was a, a defensive tactics instructor for a, a large department down here, about 2,000 people. And they worked in the schools with the kids. And it was always something, you know, you, you never want to, you never want to go hands-on with the, with a child or, you know, but sometimes they can get into, you know, gangs or groups and, and it does get, you know, where you have to restrain or a lot of, uh, a lot of kids experimenting with drugs or, you know, some Baker acts where, you know, they have psychological things going on that, that, that make them do crazy things. Well, the ninth grader that's been shaving for two years is 240 pounds and six foot two, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Somebody's dad came in and substituted for the kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. No, no. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, you know, kids of football, they encourage them to do a lot of things these days. And I know we had a big problem with steroids for a while. And so, but yeah, again, you know, the Tai Chi has been very helpful with that and, and, you know, not, not being, not having to, you know, punch somebody in the side of the head and knock out teeth or break noses. And it, it does have a whole different feel to it, uh, martially. Yeah. Um, and you started, when you started teaching, you started with Shotokan and then you taught Shotokan until, um, Till I went off to college and uh, it was actually a, a, another funny, funny thing that happened with that in the transition stage, you know, you always wonder which, which art would you use in a, in a physical fight or situation. And, and I remember getting out of the, the Shotokan dojo where I had been 
I've been practicing for, I guess, five, six years. And then I had just gotten into the, the judo. So I was doing both. And I had explained to my the Shotokan instructor, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the judo. I hope you don't mind. And he, you know, he encouraged it. He said, fine. And we had all gotten out of class and then we were heading out and it was four or five other guys in cars and we had all pulled away. And at the time I had a 72 Mustang fastback and it was raised in the end a little bit. And somebody had come up behind me with a Trans Am and planted the Trans Am under the back of my car and lifted me up off the, <laughs> and, and I said, you know, I got it. Or bad driving? No, it's just city driving, you know, bad, you know, bad. Uh, and when I got out of the car, the uh, two of the guys from the other car jumped into like karate stances and, you know, I'm going to kick your ass. And I said, you hit my car. What are you going to kick my ass for? <laughs> so, so they had come at me and, and without thinking the judo had come first and it was interesting because the other guys pulled up on a side of the road and out of the corner of my eye, I saw the, you know, the karate instructor and he just held back the other guys and he, they were all on the side watching. <laughs> so, so after, you know, I, I had taken the first guy, tied him up, threw him in at the second guy. And I told him, I said, listen, just get back in the car. And, you know, and I, I lifted my car, they backed out from under it and, uh, and then I went over to the karate instructor and I apologized. I was like, I'm sorry. I, you know, I said, it just came first. It came natural. And he said, no, absolutely. You know, this is what, you know, the fight dictates what you're going to do. You don't dictate what you're going to do in a fight. So, so I think that was, uh, you know, yeah. very, a very good lesson early on. Very Tai Chi thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, he did know Tai Chi too, by the way. Oh. He was very, yeah, yeah. Never taught us that though. We were, we were, we were just for breaking things. <laughs> I was going to say, there is always the, okay, the karate instructors run, ah, do the throw. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I punched him, see? Yeah. yeah. No, no, it was, it was a, it was a crazy thing, but um, yeah. So, so it's been, you know, uh, it's been interesting the transition or the the road. Sounds like. <laughs> I'm checking to make sure you covered everything. Yeah, well, in your in your Tai Chi in your teaching experience and journey, it sounds like you got up to where um, that you were. At. Activist yeah. certified defensive tactics instructor and exploring training methods more conducive to modern expectations of policing, like you were talking about. Yeah. And, and over the years, you've um, been teaching Tai now, you've been teaching Tai Chi to uh, sounds like hundreds of students. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What happened was I, I had gotten involved. Um, uh, I went through a divorce and, you know, I turned to the Tai Chi in the, uh, in a divorce to get me through mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, at the time I was working out a lot, you know, with the forums and doing staying after work and, and it was a gym gymnasium in the school. And so I was working out in that. 
one day and a uh, woman come up to me and said she had a, a program at, at a night school and it was failing with the Tai Chi. And she had asked me if I'd get involved in that. And it was great because uh, they, we worked in eight week cycles. So to get through the eight week cycle and teach the form at the time I was doing the Yang form. And uh, so it, it, it made a, a good like, package of a program and, and we were able to expand that. And I, I guess I had probably six, 700 students go through that. And okay. it was a nice, uh, you know, a nice way to, uh, to get into the teaching. And then, like I said, after that, I worked with those kids in high school and had some great success stories there. And, you know, we had a lot to do with the troubled kids. Um, a lot of the, I, I started the club and the kids were so into it. We had like 50 or 60 kids involved and they all bought with them some prior training. I had kids that were competing in Brazil and Capoeira. I had, you know, uh, wrestlers. I had uh, judo. And at that time we were getting the jujitsu kids, the, you know, the Gracie uh, jujitsu schools. And so it was, it was nice being able to combine a lot of that into a, an MMA type of training. Um, and you know, I heard back years and years later from some of the kids and, uh, it was, it was just a nice, nice way to, to teach and a nice group to teach too. The, uh, for the kids that you saw that it helped them to be successful in their lives and that kind of thing, what would you say was the most, like from the Tai Chi perspective, what was, was it just that it gave them something else to focus on or was it, um, what, yeah, go ahead. No, no, the, you know, at the Tai Chi was, was interesting. With kids, the, they don't have the desire to go slow, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, I, I never forced on them, and I would, I would do the Tai Chi off to the side, uh, you know, to, to get my self ready for the class. And, and I found that that was the thing that drew them the most, you know, not me, not pushing it on them, but, but them seeing it. And, and then, I mean, let's face it, when you're a kid, a teenager, and especially if you're a kid that's getting in trouble and the youth court just referred you to, to go to this class and, and you see that the guy that's running it is a, a cop in uniform. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I want to go on the mats with you. <laughs> so, so it was, you know, when they saw that the, that internal type of strength or, or, or power that comes from the, the controlled movement and, and the, um, the Tai Chi in general, they, they wanted to see a piece of it or they wanted to learn a little bit more. And, and it was, like I said, some of the kids went on to, to compete, you know, in the UFC. And then uh, I had one, one of the, one of the guys that went on into the Marine Corps. And uh, I guess during training, they do some sort of a, 
I saw it on a movie, which I laughed about after after I, the kid sent me the letter. But uh, I guess they take him into a mud pit, and the last guy standing in the mud pit is uh, is a winner. And and he sent me back a nice little letter that he he got an extra couple of days R and R because he. <laughs> He, he had won and he attributed it to the, <laughs> to the, to the training. So that yeah. was good. Cool. Is there any questions about any of that any of you have for him? Not so much a question, but yes, Jim, I've gotten a couple of those letters too. <laughs> there you go, Ty. He's a, he's a man that's lived it. <laughs> So when are you uh, when are you building your own personal mud pit? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know about I don't the mud pit. It's sand. It's just sand. <laughs> and beach. I'm, I'm just you know everything remains to be seen up at uh, up at the farm there. If I if I ever get the Tai Chi barn finished, then uh, the be able to use that for for a training center. I, I'm sure we can expand on things, Matt. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I'll help you build the mud pit. I have no guarantee I'm going to be participating in whatever goes on in the mud pit. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila's laughing because she knows where my mind is going. I don't know if you were going to be invited, Matt. Maybe <laughs> just for women in bikinis only. I don't know. <laughs> I was just thinking about all the wetlands out there that you might not have to build anything because Florida's full of these little mud pits, right? Yeah, wait for a good rain. 